The all-new Toyota Highlander Hybrid is designed to go Highlander. What's go Highlander, you ask? It means amplifying your drive with best-in-class EPA-estimated 35 MPG combined, so you can keep on keeping on wherever the road takes you. Don't just go farther. Go Highlander in the all-new Toyota Highlander Hybrid. Toyota, let's go places. 2020 Highlander Hybrid all-wheel drive, 35 city, 35 highway, 35 combined MPG EPA estimates. Actual mileage will vary. 2020 Highlander Hybrid versus 2020 competitors based on data at www.fueleconomy.gov SF2 1820. Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is brought to you by Purple, the Purple Mattress. You're going to love Purple. And right now, you guys, our listeners, will get a free Purple pillow with your purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text RGS, the letters RGS, to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is text R. G-S to 8488. That's R-G-S to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. It's official. Real Ghost Stories Online and the Grave Talks will be live at the Crescent Hotel for one night only, August 11th, 2019 at 7 p.m. And you are invited. I'm Tony Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, and I can't wait to meet you at the Crescent Hotel this August 11th for an awesome night of ghost stories. We're going to have a lot of fun at the Crescent Hotel that night as we record an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online live. The stories on this episode come from you guys, the audience, live at the Crescent. Then it's a live episode of The Grave Talks as we talk with Crescent historian and paranormal investigator Keith Scales. We'll learn all about the history of the hotel, how it came to be, why it's haunted today, what goes on at the haunted Crescent Hotel, and allow you guys to ask your questions as well with a live Q&A segment. It's a fun night full of ghost stories at the historic Haunted Crescent Hotel, a hotel that we've had many stories from shared about over the years here on the show. Tickets are only $25 a piece and are on sale now. Go to realghoststoriesonline.com and click on the Live at the Crescent Hotel banner to purchase yours. They are very limited, though, and when they are gone, they are gone. Real Ghost Stories Online and the Grave Talks live at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, August 11th, 2019. Get your tickets now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, a woman recounts the traumatic life she leads with her husband who has been followed by a demon since the age of two. And how did a hospice patient get a message from loved ones from beyond the grave? Also, a family makes a grisly discovery on a family vacation. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Yep, 855-853-4802. The phone number to call in and share your Real Ghost Story with us. Right on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you want access to some of our best stories ever, we put a brand new episode out every single week. It's called our EPP bonus episode. Extra Podcast Person. That's what EPP stands for. You get that at ghostpodcast.com. As well as access to all of our episodes 
weeks in advance of their normal release and they're commercial free. And get those at Ghost Podcast as well for five bucks a month. Get access to all of it when you sign up. Or Patreon. You can do it there too if you like that platform. Patreon.com slash Real Ghost Stories. Tony and Carol Hughes joining you once again. And how are you this fine day? I'm good. I got I got invited to something that surprised me. Invited to what? I got invited to something that surprised me. Okay. Like something I didn't think I would get invited to. Okay. <laughs> Randomly, the other day, my friend says, hey, do you want to come to a seance? <laughs> Who doesn't like, get that once a week? No. Not just no, but F no. And um, <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. Like, I no. <laughs> and apparently, they had company from out of the country and uh, at his mom's house. And so they're from Germany. And they come to the house and they're like, you have five spirits living in this house. And Sunday night, we are having a seance, and we're getting more information on it. So that's the, what I got invited to. Wow. So yesterday, I'm texting him, and I'm like, so what time is your seance? Like, I need a recap of this seance. And I think everybody chickened out, except the woman who wanted to do it. And everybody else chickened out about the seance. Do you have to have multiple people involved for the seance, or can the one woman just, just do it herself? No. I think... It sounds like, because my friend said, I texted him today, um, he said, so there was a lot of discussion followed by my mom and stepdad changing the subject and laughing about something unrelated, so I think I'm going to schedule one with my aunt only. So he said just the two of them. I'm like, oh my God. So your friend really wants to do the seance. He does. Oh. He's got a bunch of stories. We have to have him on sometime. Okay. He's good at storytelling anyway. But, um, yeah, like, I guess when a German comes to town and they're like, hey, <laughs> I'm not going to try to do a German accent because it sounds really bad when I do it. But they're like, hey, haunted house, let's do a seance. I guess everybody at first says, yeah, let's make the Germans happy. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I think of. Down to it, <laughs> nobody can do it. Wow. I've always, you know, that that's my first concern usually when I go into a German restaurant is I'm going to get the schnitzel and they'll probably want to do a seance in between courses. And it's like, uh, I think I might just go to the Italian one next door. I feel a little safe. Because they don't demand on seances and I get free garlic knots. It's just like not at all what you'd expect. I know. <laughs> it's like, what? It was so funny because he's like, do you want to go to a seance? No. <laughs> Not at all. I was wondering, like, like, you might as well ask me to get out the Ouija board. That's how much interest I have in that. It'd be great if it came in like nice little like envelopes and and you know calligraphy letters. <laughs> like, are you- like, oh my god, I've been invited to a wedding. Oh no, it's a seance. It's a seance. Same font though as a wedding. <laughs> great way to use like wedding invites that you have extras of. Just uh, use it right. for the seance later on. In that beautiful font, and you're just <laughs> so lovely. Well. There you go. Well, I'm uh, I'm glad your friend is going to find a way to have the seance. I'm looking forward to hearing what happens when they actually yeah, do pull it Yeah, because the Germans can't be here forever, yeah. so if he's going to do it, they have to get on it. Got to get to it. Yep. Well, but ma- I just, I'm like, I just don't want to. What is the I, goal I, here with the... seance kind of freaks me out. With the Germans that are staying, are, are, do they want to, like, would the seance help these folks cross over? Or do they just want to have them over for a little America's Funniest Home Video and Pizza on a Sunday night? <laughs> I don't really know. I think that the woman who wants to have a seance 
is obviously somebody who connects to that. Mm -hmm. And so I think she wants more information on who's there. Okay. And so she was saying like one of them's a grandfatherly type or fatherly type of person. And, but she said there's five different spirits in the house. She's already got that figured out. But I'm like, if you're that in tune, do you really even have to have the seance? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of take it from like standard definition to high definition when you have the seance, or is, are you going to get more info with the seance? I don't know. I, I'm not a I'm not a seance maker. So yeah, me either. So I, and I don't want to be. Yeah, like because I'm like, what if they like stir up something and no. then it's like you know i'd really like to live with that girl oh they can stir it up and go back to germany and who's ever in that house they get the uh the new and improved ghosts so right i don't know it's a door and i would not they follow out. me home i mean potentially i mean it depends how many frequent flyer miles they have um but you know we don't know that until they're like, pretty so. nice and fun and they'd mm-hmm. be like i want to live at her house no great not something I think I'd want to uh, be doing, uh, just in case. Kind of falls in that Ouija awareness month thing, where it's exactly. like, yeah, not not going to mess with it. And really, every month is Ouija board awareness. It month. is. It, it truly is. We just always got to, you know, be vigilant. So, wow. Well, that's exciting. Uh, let's go to our first story. 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. First one, uh, it says, I have many ghost stories, but let me tell a story that's been so uh, vividly Uh, told to me uh, just recently i've experienced it myself i believe entities follow you or attaching them to you or your loved ones my husband has a presence about himself that you want to know him very charismatic you would never guess that he has a demonic spirit that has followed him since the age of two one of the first stories that were told to me when we first started dating i would have been scared off if i hadn't been surrounded by the unknown my whole life and very sensitive to those things as well was when he was two years old he was in his crib there was an older man in a black trench coat and a tall black hat standing over the crib he would just stare at him like they were waiting for him after that experience he remembers seeing a dead person lying beside his bed when he was four His mother said that he'd go into such detail, something a child would never know. He even told him what it smelled like. They took him to a psychiatrist to see what was wrong. He didn't feel like anything was wrong. In fact, he felt at ease with the man in the black hat in the room. So fast forward to the first month we lived together. I remember lying there, looking up at the ceiling. Suddenly, I felt something was in the room. I sat up and looked around. Nothing. All of a sudden, something moved towards me and seemed to just go right through me. Oddly enough, that didn't faze me at all. A few minutes pass, and as I'm about to fall back to sleep, then I felt someone jump on top of me and hold me down. I felt like I was screaming for help, and nothing was around me. My husband was no longer in the room with, with me, and I was alone. And suddenly I woke up. I'm not sure if I was asleep or not, and my husband was yelling at me. I looked up at him, and he said that I wasn't breathing and seemed to be choking. It seemed to stop hurting me as soon as my husband started yelling and shaking me. Another time he actually saw me get pulled to the ground. Again, I couldn't speak until I hit the ground. I screamed, of course, as soon as he picked me up. I didn't feel gloom and doom anymore. I don't know if this thing is an angry being or demonic. All I know, if my husband has a discerning spirit around him, and all uneasiness goes away when I am near him. So every once in a while I feel it in the room and I simply scoot next to him and the dark thing and the dark feeling simply disappears 
Okay, back to the ghost stories in just a minute. First, I want to thank our supporter today, Purple. It's the Purple Mattress. I love this thing. Uh, there's there's a lot of mattresses out there. Let's be honest. There's like there's there's never been, I think, more selection than than there is today. But there's only a few, and in my uh, in my opinion, only one that really truly stands out and is setting the bar for the future of uh, just comfort and 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 just quality mattresses and that is the purple mattress. I've had a hard time falling asleep at night. I'm just, I'm not a, a, an easy person to, to, my mind's always moving. Uh, I got to be super comfortable. I, I wake up quite a bit, you know, feeling stiff in the morning, or I had been anyway. And you just, you know, you go throughout your day, you're like, well, that's life. No, it doesn't have to be. Especially when you get yourself the purple mattress to fall asleep on every single night. It is incredible. Super comfortable. It stays nice and cool at night as well, which is a big thing. It's not just about, ooh, this is comfortable and it, it supports my body. The coolness is is amazing. It doesn't make you cold or anything like that. Don't think that. It just keeps your body at like that perfect temperature for sleeping. It's just like where it should be. It, it's different than anything I've ever felt before. Uh, I don't wake up feeling pain. I don't wake up feeling sweaty. It's just, it's great. I, I don't know. I was like, what? what is this? What am I sleeping on? Well, it turns out the reason for that is because it, it was actually using new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It's not like the memory foam that you're used to. This is just, it's technology that really hasn't been out there for consumers before. Purple mattress feels very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time, so it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool as well. Now, if you're going, well, I'm not quite sure, check this out. 100-night risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty. Free shipping and returns. You have nothing to lose. Free in-home setup and old mattress removal. They will get that old yuckety thing out of your house and put in the brand new amazing purple mattress. Okay, here's the best part. You're going to love it right now. You guys, our listeners, get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text RGS, the letters R-G-S, to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is text R-G-S to 8488. That's R-G-S to 84888. Text R-G-S to 84888. Get that purple pillow. Uh, In addition to the great uh, specials going on right now. Message and data rates may apply. Oh, that's that's really interesting. The fact that the entity seems to be attached to the husband, but he's also kind of the elixir to this that that makes things calm down for her. Yeah, I'm, I have to think about that because it's almost like now the thing's attached to her. It's like it jumped, yeah. Yeah, like it went to her and that she feels safe from him, with him, to protect her from that. So is it really following him or her? It's almost like, is it, is it like a jealousy thing where it's doesn't like her, but then if you get real close to the other, like a pet and like an animal that has like a real strong attachment to someone that really is always trying to push the other person away. But if you get really close to that person that it loves, 
it'll be nice to you because it doesn't want to harm the individual that it loves because you're you, then you're too close to do anything to that. That's the only kind of analogy I can think of. Yeah, I don't like that. I and you know, he must be a pretty nice guy because if that was me, deal breaker. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have to break up. If, you know, you might as well smoke. I'm sorry, every, with all respect to people who smoke. <laughs> deal breaker for me but i just don't think i could that would be really difficult especially like you're just watching tv sitting in your comfy chair and then it's like oh here it is i gotta go snuggle up with my husband to get it to go away it doesn't and it comes around someone he's not there i wonder or is he always there when it happens i don't know i mean it sounds like he was in the other room in the example that was given because then he came back, but yeah. but I wonder if, if it, it happens when he's literally out of the house and she's alone. That's yeah. a good question. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if he's gone and out of the house and it's hanging around, I would say it's 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 migrated more to her than than to him. Yeah, and it could be both of them. He just doesn't feel it anymore. He's gotten so used to it. Yeah. It had been an odd, uh, odd conversation at the first date where, oh, yeah, great. What do you like? A bowling. You know, I like to sometimes go hiking, too. That's fun. Oh, uh, I have a demon that's uh, been attached to me since I was two when I was in the crib. Saw dead people all the time. Do you like uh, sweet tea? How did they decide it was a (laughs) demon, though? I mean, what it did was pretty mean to her, but not necessarily demonic. Well, she says at the end of it, I'm not sure if it's a demon or just kind of an angry, yeah. possessive type thing. I think it, probably the assumption goes to demon. And maybe early on, that's what you're going to think, because it doesn't seem very friendly. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say if it is a demon or just some sort of real jealous type possessive entity. That's kind of what I'm, I'm getting out of it. Tanya, if your kid at two, something's going on, I would never tell that kid I think you have a demon following you. Like, I don't know what age you would tell him that. Fourth grade is usually the acceptable age to tell the child you have a demon following you. I mean, we all... Fourth, fourth grade. That's usually... You sit down... I mean, remember that in school? There was like the fourth grade, you have a demon following you class, and it was either you do or you don't. (laughs) It was, um, I believe, right after we learned about uh, presidents. Yeah. Oh, presidents. Yeah, presidents. It was presidents and then demons. It was... (laughs) It's like, all right, the president's names, you memorize all those. Then it was the demon memories. It was like Beelzebub, and there was like a fun song for it, too. And then everybody looks at you. Oh, Tony. Yeah. You have the demon. I just would have a really hard time. I mean, I can't even go to the damn seance. I'd have a really hard time. That's literally inviting it into your home when you get married to a guy Mm -hmm. who's got a demon following attached to him. It is. It very much hard. is. That'd be hard. She must love. He must be a pretty great guy. I, it's probably a Rose and uh, Jack type relationship. I'm thinking that's must going be. on there probably. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Next story says this is Courtney. I've written a few times to share some stories. I recently listened to an episode that reminded me of another one. I didn't directly have an experience with all of these occurrences, but I know the stories well. Back around 2000 or 2001, my grandma, my stepdad's mother, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. My parents were sort of expecting that diagnosis. When they go visit her, she'd have many 
cans of Diet Coke in her refrigerator. She'd always forget things, and she tried to cook a pizza on the stovetop with plastic wrap still over it. That was when my stepdad decided that she was a potential danger to herself and looked into home options for her. My parents did a lot of research to find the best place for her, and they found a lady's home, probably about 15 minutes or so from our house. We got her moved in and met all the caretakers. My mom and I decided that we would volunteer there a few nights a week. One night would be game night or craft night during the week. Some Saturdays we'd go in and paint their fingernails or help cheer them up and make them feel like they were getting a spa treatment. I was 11 at this time and I wasn't the biggest girly girl, so painting nails was not my forte, but I did my best and the ladies never seemed to mind. They loved talking to us and uh, uh, telling us old antidotes from years past. I always loved hearing them. Volunteering was also a great way for us to spend time with my grandma every week and check in to see how she was doing. I'll admit I was never overly close with this grandmother, but watching her go through the motions of losing her memories made me sad. I'd like to think I would make anyone sad. There were some moments when we got a chuckle out of some of the stuff she said, like the time when she said she hated it when my stepdad used to pistol whip him, which never happened. But some things even now give us pause. The home was strictly a ladies home, meaning men weren't allowed to be residents. The hallways were all lined with couches and chairs, so the residents didn't have to feel cooped up in their rooms all the time. And so visiting family members could sit out there and talk with them for a while. My mom and grandma were sitting out on one of the couches one day, and my mom said that my grandma kept looking down the hallway, would get an indignant look on her face and then look away. This happened a few times before my mom finally asked, Opal, what's wrong? My grandma replied, who's that man down there? My mom looked down the hallway, but the only person sitting out there was a woman near the end of the hall, and she had no visitors. My mom looked back to my grandma and said, there aren't any men down there. Still indignant, my grandma said, well, whoever they are, they need to quit playing with themselves. I should explain that this was something very out of character for her to say. She wasn't a crude woman, was always polite, and rarely ever seemed to get angry about anything. My mom was surprised by her saying this and looked down the hall again just to make sure, but there was still just the older woman. Looking back, I'm wondering if something was there that my mom just couldn't see. It was only a few months after that that she took a turn for the worse. They moved her to the hospice care. And at the time, I didn't understand what that meant. But I remember seeing one of the other ladies from the home there as well and was glad that my grandma at least had a friend there with her. My family was all crowded in her room and I took a spot at the bottom of the bed. She kept staring at the wall behind me and smiling. And when one of my aunts asked what she was looking at, she said that her mama and daddy were there waiting to take her home. I got a chill and wanted to move immediately from my spot, especially since the room got quiet as everyone took this in. The statement caused some tears to be shed, which was understandable. Those were some of the last words she ever spoke. The final ones being, I love you too, to my mom. Her kids kept telling her that it was okay to go, and they loved her, but she was hanging on for something, someone. My brother was in the Navy at the time and had been given leave to be there with us during this time. He arrived late on the night of September 19th to say goodbye to her, and she passed away around 4 in the morning on September 20th, which was my sister's birthday. During my time at the ladies' home, I'd gotten to know her better and was taking the loss very hard. It was my first experience with death. After we laid her to rest, we worked on getting her things from her room at the ladies' home. My grandma had these powder perfume jars that my mom said I could have. I opened them and smelled them, deciding that they smelled nice, but I likely wouldn't use them and took them home with me anyway. 
I stored them underneath my bathroom sink where they stayed for a long time since I keep things for sentimental reasons sometimes. Anyways, a few months after her passing, I was in my bathroom and smelled the faint scent of the powdered perfume. It didn't dawn on me right away that that was the source of the smell, but after doing some investigating, I looked under my sink and saw the jars. They'd been undisturbed the entire time I'd had them under there. But I pulled one out and unscrewed the cap and smelled it again. Sure enough, it's what I'd smelled moments ago. I was confused as to why I'd smelled it again out of the blue. Why? Or was it my grandma checking in? For a while, I wasn't inclined to believe this since I was never close to her until the end, but maybe she always loved me more than I realized. I guess I'll never know. I never smelled the perfume powder after that, and many years later, I finally cleaned it out of my vanity. I still don't know if it was her, but I don't really believe there are coincidences. Casey, could you? No, that's it. Um, but that's a that, that's it's a special one where you get the scent that comes back to to let you know that the person's there. And that one kind of has is a multi part thing. Mm-hmm. When she was at, which I love, they call it the ladies' home. I think it sounds like a more special place to go. A place so for like mom, old folks' home, or nursing home. The ladies' home sounded very pleasant, but um. When she was there and saw the man at the end of the hall, probably was she was seeing things. Mm-hmm. Because I worked in a nursing home, and that's really common. Sure. That they see things that aren't there. Now, in the hospice, that I do believe. Like, I've just heard so many stories of people, you know, at the end of life seeing someone mm-hmm. there so I believe that. Yeah. And I also believe that that smell was her grandmother. And I also think it was really sweet that she got close with her grandmother when her grandmother really needed her. And I think that's really special. Yeah, it was. Glad she had that experience. They, there was the time that was still there to to make that relationship a reality. And, and she took it. So that's a good thing on both parts. Yeah, And, and I, I agree. There's there's a lot of times where in the nursing care facilities, they do see things that are not there. In the hospice areas where it gets really interesting, especially when they start conveying information sometimes that they should have no knowledge of, um, that that suddenly comes out, which does happen sometimes, and then you wonder, well, maybe they're not just seeing things. Maybe there really is someone coming over. Well, Um, and we had a friend, and I don't want to use his name, mm -hmm. but he died of cancer. Yeah. And we worked with him, Mm -hmm. and he was in hospice. Yeah. And while he was... He was really, really sick at the end of his life, and they lost their dog. And I think they told him about it, but he was kind of in and out. And so at the very, very end, he was looking at the floor and at the ground. He's like, hey, I can't remember the dog's name. But it's like, jump up here. Come here and see me. And he was talking to the dog. I didn't know that. And the dog had just passed, yeah. And so they literally went to the um, gift shop and got him a dog stuffed animal yeah. so he could hold it. And he really thought he was holding the dog, but he saw the dog in the room that had just passed. Yeah. And he was right at the, the last stages. I didn't, yeah, I didn't that know that story. That was maybe a day or two before. Wow. Yeah. So I really do believe those things happen at the end. I think that line between what 
where we are and where they are mm -hmm. totally gets blurred. And I mean, obviously it has to. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I remember my, my grandmother, when she was not in hospice yet, but it was a couple months before she got there, I, I was visiting her, and she was really telling me about all the sailboats that were going past her window every day. She was not by any body of water, uh, but uh, she thought, and you just go along with it, you know, because uh -huh. it's your mind. It's firing incorrectly and i believe that's that's kind of what's going on at that point but the hospice time that's you know at the end then there I, I don't remember the specifics my mom could probably fill that in but I, I know there was some things where she was talking about very specific people who were in the room um that she had not been talking about previously um and it got got rather interesting uh, but yeah, that's, that happens quite frequently. I love when we get stories from hospice nurses and such, because there's, there's so many interesting, um, interesting stories. I think if there's ever a career you want to get into, uh, if you don't believe in ghosts or the paranormal or things like this happening, uh, and want it to be proven to you, yeah. even above paranormal investigator would be hospice employee of some sort where you have to interact with the folks. I think that give it a month. You may, you're going to walk out of that job going, okay, I believe there's no way to explain half of this stuff um, with, with what goes on. Uh, eight, five. I imagine yeah. they've all had experiences. Yeah. They, every, every last one of them. I'm, I'm and sure. And that work is so tough, but man, I appreciate what they do. It, it is, it, it, you know, it, it's tough. You know, it, it, it probably tears you apart. It's rewarding. It's like it's so many damn emotions at once. That right. It, it takes the right type of individual to, to be able to process it, though, I think, and not not let it pull them down with the, the sadness part of it. But 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number. Let's go to another story. It says last summer, my stepdad and I went to this one dirt biking pit called Walker Valley in Washington State. When we got there, it was a Wednesday morning and there weren't that many people around at all, except for a few bikers here and there. Turns out that my stepdad and I were the only ones using the main dirt path. I guess it wasn't very busy that day. My dad and I were riding our dirt bike up and down these small dirt hills, and he was a few feet ahead of me. As I was following him, my bike started slowing down, and the engine was sputtering. I kept on twisting the throttle handle, but it wouldn't speed up. Suddenly, my bike came to a complete stop, and I had to pull over to the side. My stepdad didn't stop or even look around because I guess he either didn't know that I had stopped or he didn't want to wait for me. So I was alone. I used a kickstart and my bike sputtered again, but it wouldn't start up. I kickstarted it again, and this time I noticed that there was a really weird smell coming from the tailpipe. This was a really dark-colored smoke every time I tried to start it. I looked into the tailpipe thinking there was something in there, but it was perfectly clear. So I kickstarted my bike a few times again, and finally it started. I caught up with my dad, and we rode around for a few more hours, but my bike kept on acting strange and even came to a stop one more time. Later in the afternoon, we left Walker Valley and headed home. When we got home, my dad went inside to use the bathroom while I was taking my bike down from the back of the truck. I pulled it into the garage and stay, uh, started giving it a full inspection because I wanted to see what was wrong with it. When I opened the side hood to look into the engine, I was shocked and disgusted at what I saw. There was thick brown hair entangled all over the engine. There were some smoke and nasty burning smells coming from it. I was really surprised because before we left for the park, I looked at the engine. There was no hair at all. 
Now, as I was staring at this hair, it looked like it had really wound itself up, and they're pretty good. This was obviously what had been causing my bike trouble. I picked it out, and I was really disgusted. It took me like 20 minutes to get it all out. After I got all the burnt hair out, I threw it away in the trash. I then went inside and asked my mom if she knew anything about the hair. Her hair was almost the same color as the ones on my bike. She looked at me weird and said that she hadn't been near it. Besides, her hair is short like a guy's. I was tired, took a long nap in my room. When I woke up, it was night, so I wanted to take a shower before I went back to sleep. When I went in the shower, I started washing my hair, and as I was rinsing my hair out, I looked down and saw some long brown hair sticking out of the drainage hole, and some of it was on my feet and tangled in my toes. I screamed out loud, and I almost slipped. Got out of the shower really fast and ran out of there and into my room naked, wet and shivering. I was so scared. It couldn't possibly be my hair because I'm blonde and my stepdad is bald. My mom came running up the stairs and asked me what was wrong. I said nothing. I just went to bed and tried to sleep. Next morning, I cautiously went into the bathroom and looked in the tub. The hair was gone. I've never told anybody except for now what I have written into your show. I still can't explain exactly what happened. Unfortunately, it has not happened again. I'm still kind of scared to take a shower. Do you blame me? Hopefully, I'll be able to get over with what happened and move on. That sounds horrific. Yeah, that was creepy. I, like, I w- and how did the hair even wind up on his bike? Yeah, you just, I mean, at first you're thinking, at least I was thinking, well, maybe an animal. Like, maybe you hit an animal of some sort, didn't realize it, and it's fur, not hair. But hair and fur are very distinctive, and most animals don't grow their fur out to any sort of 80s rockerish style, which I'm kind of envisioning into the uh, on, under the bike. I mean, there's, there's a couple rabbits every now and then that are known to really get into that whole deaf leopard look, but it's it's few and far between. Um, yeah, so it's, run into one of those, that would yeah. happen. You, you, ever, you see them every now and then, and it's like, you, yeah, it, you just know, and they're, you know, you know, anyway, they, they, they're kind of bobbing their heads a little bit. They're like, hysteria. It's like, you're a rabbit. What are you doing? Um, but yeah, it's just the idea of the hair tangled up. That's creepy in itself. And you don't really know why. But then to be in the shower. Anytime I think anything strange happens in the shower is just, you know, it's going to take a lot to kind of make you feel comfortable again. Unexplained noises out there. You're in a very vulnerable yeah. position. It's the worst place to have something happen. And you're soaking wet. Yeah. And then to have hair falling down that's not yours. I remember the day that all my hair fell out. Just, just in, when I, I just lost it all just in the shower one day. And it was kind of traumatic. But I was like, all right, I'm bald now. It was just like that, gone. But... Um, I know, and that 80s hair that you had at the time was so amazing. I had the best mullet ever. It was... Oh, permed. I, I know. I and every day I would perm it, and I w- it was it was great. I loved it. Um, but uh, that would just be. I, I don't know. I don't know that I would ever feel comfortable in the shower again, or washing my hair for that matter. I think I just shaved my head at that point. The crazy thing is, is like there are things that I've never really thought about before, and that's one of them. <laughs> and now, yeah. like if I have a strange, unexplained hair on my hand or foot i'm gonna freak out there you go next time you're taking a shower millions of them oh god that'd be so gross so like just all of a sudden you're just wrapped up in somebody's hair 
for no reason. The thing is, here's what's going on right now. There, I'm going to get an email because there's at least probably one person listening to this while in the shower hearing this story. <laughs> and they're going to be like, I had to take, turn it off. I had shampoo in my eyes. Fuck you. I, you know. So I'm sorry um, that we caught you at that moment. I'll just say that. Um, but shit happens. So there you go. That, that's, that's, that's a nightmare. Oh, and look at your feet. They're covered in hair. And it's not yours. Have a great work day. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a caller. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing, Tony? Hey, this is uh, Davon again uh, out of Virginia Beach, uh, Virginia. Uh, I, called, I, called, I called you uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, gave you two little short stories about what happened when I was a kid. Now, the story I'm about to tell you here is actually about my son. He was younger. Uh, well, he's my... Uh, I had to my son, you know, for my, my previous marriage, my, my previous marriage. So anyway, so this is the crazy thing about this story, all right? This is during the time, the reason why I bring this up, this is during the time that movie The Ring came out on DVD. So me and my ex-wife, we had our first apartment, so I was in the military, we had our first apartment. And to give you the outline of the house, I want to give you the outline of the house. When you first walk through the, 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 the when you first walk in the house, you got the living room right there. And when you go past the living room, there's a little, there's a hallway of this apartment. And on the left-hand side is, on the left-hand side going down the hallway is the, the bathroom. And when you go down the further down the hallway, towards the end, on the right, on, on the right side is our bedroom. And in front, and in front of the end of the hallway going straight would be the kids' bedroom. It would be my son Brian and my little son Ezra. Brian at that time was about, I said he was about maybe five years old, four or five years old which makes Israel about three. And the way the room is set up over there is when you walk through his room on the, on, when you go to it, when you walk straight through his, in his room on the right hand side will be Israel's bed and it's like against the wall, uh, vertical status, uh, against the wall. And it's like the little kid's bed. And then you go further in the room against that wall on the left hand side and the far left hand side will be Brian's, uh, Brian's bed. And his bed with it, with the headboard will be on against the wall on the left and the football course will be on the right facing towards Israel's way. And right next to Brian will be the, the shelter where we have the lamp on. Well, so, uh, I'll get back to that in a second, but, uh, so me and my, me and my ex-wife was watching, me and my ex-wife, my wife was watching the ring. Now, I had some scary stuff happen when I was young, when I was younger, and I, I, you know, my mother's real church going, and we didn't, we lived back to by a cemetery one time, and we didn't see things through that. You know, I wasn't really, I was never really scared. So my father, you know, we'd always watch scary movies like Exodus when it first came out, and things like The Gates of Hell. So I really wasn't scared of things. Kids always freaked me out because kids would get you to a scary thing, right? But I, you know, never, I was getting older, so things didn't really, and never happened to me since I was younger. So anyway, we're watching the ring. We finished watching the ring, and there's a part in the ring where it said, on the DVD, where it says, watch me or don't watch me. So, of course, we ain't put the don't watch me part. We hit watch me. We hit watch me, and it does that little ring thing, and it hit the ring, and it hit the watch, it, and then things happen. Well, uh, what happened was, uh, as soon as we finished watching, I turned the sucker off, and here's the crazy part. It's about two minutes later, our phone rings. 
And he's like, what the heck? And it was late at night. It had to be like maybe 12 or 1. So I pick up the phone, and all you hear is snow. And I'm like, what the heck? Hello? Hello? And you just hear the snow. I said, what's on top of this is snow? So I'm like, oh, heck nah, man. I tripped it. I tripped it. So I hang up the phone. My, my, my wife, my wife, she goes, well, I'm going to go check on the kids, make sure everything, you know, make sure everything's good, right? She goes and checks on them. I'm still in the living room, messing with DVD or whatever. And she goes, she came back in the living room, like, shocked. And I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, babe, I'm like, what? She's like, Brian, he's just sitting up in the bed. I was like, okay. okay. She's like, yeah, I'm telling him to lay down. He ain't listening. What do you mean he ain't listening? I said, tell him to lay down and go back to sleep. And she's like, I done told him to go back. He's not listening. He's looking straight up the wall. I said, what you mean look straight at the wall? She's like, she like and when I talk to him, he's not even looking at me. But I know his eyes are open. It's dark. I can see his eyes. They're open. And I'm going to be like, I said, hey. And she's like, you, you need to see what's going on. I said, I ain't going in there. <laughs> she's like, baby, you got to go. I was like, come on, man. Why every time the guy got to go? Like, man. So I'm going towards her. I go to the room. And I see him sitting up. Israel is dead asleep. I'm over there screaming at Brian. 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 He don't even look at me. And usually when I say something with a 30-verse voice, he knows you better listen to what I'm saying. I said, Brian, he didn't look at me at all. Brian Israel didn't even hear him. I'm surprised he ain't waking up this whole time. All this stuff about to go on, he ain't even coming at all. And I'm like, man, I'm like, hey, man, this is freaking me out. And she's like, hey, what's going on? I'm scared. I'm like, God, lay down. Brian, lay down. What I say? He ain't freaking moving. He's not even turning his head. He looks straight at the wall. And I'm trying to, I had the light switch, which is right about when you get to the door, it's right at the left. So I had the light switch, but the problem is, at the left, right at left to come on, you've got to already have that little string you pull on the lamp, it's got to already be pulled. So when you do switch it, it goes off and whatever it is comes on. Well, the switch wasn't pulled, so which means you've got to hit the light switch and then go over there and then pull the, pull the string for the lamp. So I mean, I've got to get close to Brian to pull this dog on light. So anyway, so I'm calling him, Brian. Brian! Yeah, listen, so I'm creeping up against the wall, going towards the Chester to get ready to turn his lamp on. And I'm like, Brian! You know, listen. So I keep seeing him, looking dead at him. And I can see his eyes open, looking straight up the wall towards Israel. And I'm like, and he's sitting up, and I'm like, Brian! I said, boy, I'm going to tear your butt up if you don't listen to what I'm telling you. You better lay down and sleep. He's not, he not turning, he's not looking at me. So I'm a little freaked out, you know. So I get towards the light. I get towards the Chester, calling him, whispering, Brian. Brian to get closer because now he's right there by the Chester. When I reach up, and I swear to God, when I reach up and I go, Brian, and he don't look at me again, as soon as I hit the light switch, I mean, as soon as I hit the light switch, his head snaps towards me. He goes, I had a bad dream. And he just, his eyes, he just pours rain. Like, he just pours crying. He's losing, he's going crazy. He, when he snaps towards us, I jump back. I hit the floor. My ex wife just took off running. I was like, oh, my God. So he's just going, he's going crazy. I grab him and hug him and stuff like that. And I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. And then, you know, I stayed with him and, I, you know, I, you know, when we went to sleep, and he went to sleep and stuff like that. And I'm like, the next day, the next morning, I asked Brian. I said, uh, Brian, I said, you, you had a, what was wrong with that dream? He said, what dream, Daddy? I said, the dream you had, you were sitting up, you just kept looking. And he didn't remember nothing that went on. Me and Max like didn't bring that up again. We talked about it maybe later on in life, but uh, we never brought it up ever since that, man. But maybe, it was freaky. Like, Tom, as soon as I hit the light switch, it was like instance. And he turned as soon as I hit the switch and looked at me. He was just, I bet, had a bad dream and started crying. 
freaked me out. Now, I don't know if you ever had anything like that happen with kids or stuff like that, but it's the only time it ever happened, but I'll never forget it. Anyway, thanks for listening to me, y'all, and I uh, love your show. And I will become the EPP, man, because, man, I love your show. So take care. Hope you enjoyed the story. Devon, I'm out. Take care. Thank you, Devon, for that story. When, when you have stuff like that, is that is that something paranormal, or is that just a really strong dream state that you think that he was in? Well, I mean, yeah, it certainly could have been. But the fact that they're watching The Ring... <laughs> And that original Ring movie was really freaky. Yeah. And then you're watching that movie, and then that happens. Yeah, I'd be super panicky, too. Then you got to walk across the room to get the light to turn on, mm-hmm. screaming at your kid the whole time. So part of it could have been elevated because they're watching the movie, but for the two things to happen at the same time, yeah, I'd be freaked out, too. The timing <laughs> of it's just, just yeah. too much, you know, for it to... Uh... Yeah. I thought it was interesting too. We were just talking about all the hair, and then boom, right into the call, and they're mentioning the ring. Which the first thing you think of when you think of the ring is the girl with the hair, and it's this kind of one of those odd coincidences. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but that's just how this show works. I do not plan this shit out. It just all kind of transitions itself in a very creepy, weird way. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, 855-853-4802, our number. One more call before we wrap it up. Hi. Hi, my name is Cuddy. I'm a recent listener and a huge fan. Uh, I wanted to share a story about a place that I used to work. Um, up until a couple of years ago, I was a stripper. And one night I saw the ghost of a fellow stripper. I was getting off stage and there's a little tiny hallway that really can only fit like two people um, that goes from the stage to the dressing room where we all get ready. And I was walking off and when I was doing that, there was a, another woman who was walking on stage and I'd never seen her before. She was absolutely gorgeous. She was tall, she was African-American, she had long black hair, gorgeous. So, you know, didn't really think much of it until I go sit down at a vanity and start fixing my makeup and then I hear the DJ over the speaker call a different girl to the stage and we only had one girl at a time up there so I thought that was strange because there's nowhere else that this girl could have been going the hallway leads right to the stage so I thought that was strange and then I don't know why but something told me to turn around and look at the row of lockers that's in the dressing room for everyone to use. And as soon as I did, I noticed that taped to almost every single locker was a memorial picture of a girl that used to work there that died one night driving home in the rain from the club. And that picture was unmistakably of the the dancer that I just saw. And I just felt my hands start shaking. So I went outside and sat for a few minutes. And one of the bouncers came out to smoke a cigarette. And I said, who is that girl on everyone's locker? And he explained who she was. And it was very quiet. And then he just said, sometimes people say they've seen her. And then I just kind of stared at him to kind of communicate that I had seen her without actually having to say it. 
Um, so yeah, that's my story, and I do plan to share more. Thanks. Bye. There you go. That would be. I love that one. That would be rather troubling. Very vivid. Very, you know, you. you there's the woman that you, you know, you saw. You didn't think anything of it. Just normal. Okay, there they are. And then, boom. Wait a second. Holy shit. Well, what I love about that is that you think of, like, the school marm who was, uh, is now a ghost. Or there was the, uh, you know, there's like, you just think of anybody but a stripper ghost. <laughs> and the fact that there are stripper ghosts, like, I love that. I love it. It, it. it affects, I mean, this is not something that, that's going to be discriminating in terms of like any sort of career or anything of that nature. It's just. Right, so you could have cashier ghosts. Yeah, anywhere, any place, doesn't matter who you are, what you do, It's this is a phenomenon that, that transcends everything. So, yeah. Like toll booth operator ghosts, that seems like a given. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, guy working at Lowe's ghost, like. Mm-hmm. It could happen. Yeah, of course, it, it can happen anywhere. I think sometimes what we see, it, it, I'm not necessarily attributing it to this one specifically, but the more that you, I think, love your job and, and your career, it seems the more likely it is that you're going to find the ghost of those individuals there. We see that quite often in right. work in workplaces where it's like, and they spent their entire, you know, 40 year career there and, you know, they retired and they died At the next the day. Library. Yeah, but they're there still. So. But at the strip club, you know, I never heard of that, mm-hmm. but it totally makes sense. But what's interesting to me is that she's just done performing. She's going back to back to the dressing area mm-hmm. and just walk by this woman like she doesn't think anything about it. No. And those are the best ghost stories like that, yeah. where it's not like this moment of and this glowing woman came down the hall. It's just, hey, hey. And you keep going. And wait a second. That person's dead. You know, but you don't know it until you start kind of comparing some notes to find out that person's that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. yeah, but it can happen anywhere. Thanks for uh, for sharing that story with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. And that's going to wrap up the program for today. If you like the show, sign up to be an EPP extra podcast person on our website at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories five bucks a month gets you all the bonus material until next time for carol i'm tony bruski thanks for listening to real ghost stories online if you are anything like us at thrift books you love books you know real books made of ink and printed on paper. With over 13 million used and new books, starting as low as $3.99, Thrift Books has your next great adventure. Affordable textbook or cozy afternoon. Any format, edition, and condition, right at your fingertips. Visit thriftbooks.com podcast and find your next favorite book today. For the love of books, Thrift Books.